Don't Call Me Girl Boss is an unfiltered perspective from women small business owners. I'm your host, Jessica Buck, and I have been a small business owner for six years and counting of Sunless Ray, which is a spray tan business. I have a location in Orange County, California, and I'm currently doing mobile spray tans in Austin, Texas. I have also started selling my own online Sunless products. In this podcast, I interview like-minded women business owners who have been through all the stages of owning a business or are just starting one. I hope the stories you hear in these interviews will help you become the best version of yourself. Recently, my small business on this ray came out with our very own self-tan mousse set. Our mousse is vegan, non-toxic, meaning none of those harsh chemicals you see in other self-tanners. It is cruelty-free and has a fresh out-of-the-shower smell. You will not smell the self-tanner at all, and the best part is it is literally dry in 60 seconds, meaning it won't be on your sheets and it won't be on your clothes. Our set comes with our buildable mousse, application mitt, and exfoliating mitt. You will have everything you need to have the perfect at-home tan. For our listeners, I am doing a special promo code, GIRLBOSS, for free shipping. That is all one word, GIRLBOSS. And you can purchase our mousse on sunlessray.com. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Don't Call Me Girl Boss. This week I have on Amber Thompson. She is the owner of Browse by Amber. She is located in Roar on Rainy Street, and that's in Austin. She does brow shaping, brow tints, eyelash lifts, and microblading. She has been doing this for years. She is amazing at what she does, and she is my first real friend in Austin, Texas, so I am so excited for you to get to know her. And without further ado, here is Amber. In Pasadena, Texas, which is the home of the movie Urban Cowboy, Gillies, the bar. That's how I like to, um, yeah, kind of pinpoint where it is. So I went to Deer Park High School, really small town outside of Houston. Um, yeah, and I moved out when I was 18. And then I moved to Florida and then to Connecticut and then to Dallas back to Houston, and then now in Austin for almost three years. This month will be three years. Wow. And then what did your parents do? So my dad, so my dad had a bell bonding business. And um, so he's an entrepreneur, or he was an entrepreneur. He had a lot of different um, businesses. He did that, and he did um, a landscaping business. He's done stand-up comedy. He's really? um, he's just like done everything. Yeah, he's super charming, super funny. Definitely has struggled with life. Um, so he's done a whole lot of different things, but the best guy, the best guy at heart. Um, so currently he is he's working like I he's not doing anything he's getting um disability he hurt his back but my mom was a dental hygienist she's still a dental hygienist her whole life wow do you think watching him own his own business kind of showed you the possibilities with that um 
I don't really know, to be honest. Um, I've always like had that. I felt like it was always in my blood, but then I didn't have the actual courage. Like I would have clients tell me years ago, like Amber, you should do your own thing. And I was always like, so scared. I'm like, Nope, I need insurance. I need that security. Um, I need health insurance, you know, my hourly rate. I always, I had to feel safe because I always just took care of myself. No one was taking care of me. Um, and then I moved to Houston eventually and I was just kind of lost in my work life. And then I started dating my now ex and he was an entrepreneur and he is, I really do feel like if it wasn't for him, um, in my life at that point, I would not have I would not be where I am today because he made me feel like it was possible, um, really possible. So, but yeah, I, I do think it's always been like in my blood to take chances and, and, um, stuff like that. Did your parents support you when you were wanting to go out on your own? So my dad did for sure. My mom was, my mom's more careful. So my mom really was like, are you sure you want to do that? Um, I don't know. And I'm like, just wait and see, you know? Yeah. She just, she just trusted me. She just let me do my thing, but she's always the more careful one. So that didn't surprise me. And my dad's like, yeah, I kick ass. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's good to have both of those, you know, telling you because you should be cautious, but you also should always take risks. So it's probably nice to have that little bit of a balance my parents are both just like yeah whatever go for it I don't know so (laughs) you're like guide me yeah like cool guys I guess I'll just do that (laughs) (laughs) and then you learn a lot of things the hard way which also helps you grow so yeah so bad yeah just a lot of tough lessons there so out of Mm -hmm. high school what did you want to do or what were you aspiring to be well to be honest like Well, when I was really young, I had um, a best friend and we always said that we were going to open our own business one day, like no idea what it was, just like, it's going to be double A business, double A, like I can't even remember. Um, So I kind of, like I said, always thought that I wanted to do something I wanted. I like dreamed of like closing my eyes and I would dream of being so far away from where I grew up. I just wanted to like explore the world. Um, And I wound up doing that, but it was off kind of like at a rocky start because I actually dropped out of high school. I don't know if you know this, Jess. No, I don't. I don't know this. Yeah, there's. um, Yeah. So I dropped out of high school. I was making a lot of bad decisions. I was just like young and dumb. And I fast forward like five years later, I'm like in a good place in my life. And I went to like the local library. I got my GED, like retaught myself. That was one of like my proudest moments. I like got all the books and then I totally aced the test and took the, did an essay and I actually did really good. And so I got my GED and at that point I'm like, what do I want to do now? You know, I wanted, I decided I wanted to do a trade school. You know, my family really never pushed college. Um, you know, my mom put herself through college. I think my dad went to like a community college. Um, we didn't have a lot of money, so I never really wanted to ask my family to, you know, send me to college. 
and I honestly never thought I'd be good at it. Um, so that was kind of out of the question for me, like going to actual college. So I'm like, let me do a trade school. Okay, let's think. Do I want aesthetics or cosmetology? So like hair or skin. So I decided on skin for the sole being of me not getting spider veins from standing up all day doing hair. Meanwhile, <laughs> I stand up all day doing eyebrows. So I'm so still going to get my spider veins. <laughs> So vain. Um, so yeah, I took a went to Terrytown, um, New York School of Aesthetics in Terrytown, New York. When I lived in Connecticut, that was a hard couple months of my life. I would commute all the way from Connecticut to New York. Um, it wasn't Manhattan, you know. It was Terrytown, New York. Really beautiful place in the world, and um, that was probably oof two hour commute. And then on the way home after school, I would, um, I would go to work to my full-time job at Red Elizabeth Arden Red Door Spa, which are, are totally don't exist anymore. Um, but when I was there, one of my very favorite accomplishments again is, um, I got, um, employee of the month, my first month working there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a fun time in my life. So I'm sorry if I got off course just then. No. So you said for five years before, what were you doing? Where were you working before um, you started esthetician school? Or is it considered aesthetics? Is that what you call it? Well, yeah, aesthetics, um, aesthetics, esthetician. Same thing. Okay. Um, where was I working? So I worked, so my very first job ever. Yeah. Um, I worked as a tanning bed cleaner at a tanning salon <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, maybe 14, 15 and, um, I got fired. What'd you get fired for? I really don't want to say it out loud. I got caught smoking, <laughs> smoking weed in the laundry room. It's <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> I know. So yeah, well, you've come it was a long pretty, way, so it doesn't even yeah. matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I just, I'm sorry to that guy. I forgot his name, the owner. <laughs> I can just imagine <laughs> him walking in and then you're just in smoking weed. <laughs> oh, so embarrassing. What? So funny. Oh my gosh. Because yeah. I think of you as like, not, not, this, not this type of person at all. So hearing these little stories are just the best because <laughs> it's just like, I can't even picture it. It's so funny to well, me. It's crazy. It's so true. Like you make your life what you want it to be, you know, like you decide who you want to be, you decide where you want to go and you make it that. So I look back at that girl and I'm like, God bless. I don't even know where your mind was. Like, mm -hmm. I don't even recognize her. So many different phases. I don't, but, um, well, that's like our friendship. Like I used to drink heavily. You're never mm -hmm. going to see me drink. And I know so many friends who know that part of me, which is so weird moving to Austin. Like I'll never mm -hmm. have like a drinking buddy out here. They won't know that part of me. And that's mm -hmm. beautiful because I hated that person, but you know, it's just interesting. The dynamics of friendships when you grow and decide who you want to be. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So we've come a long way, but, um, <laughs> so you, and then the other five years before you got to esthetician school, where else were you working? Um, where else did I work? I worked at a restaurant, a couple restaurants, the worst waitress you'll ever meet. Um, 
I would get like dimes on the table. I would be like, sorry, I forgot about you. (laughs) (laughs) I would literally say that. I'm so sorry. I forgot about you. So not meant to be a waitress. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that's. You were just serving and stuff. Yeah, I was a waitress. Um, I worked at like a call center for like five minutes. Just um, jobs like that. Just not sure what you wanted to do. Just kind of whatever fell in your lap. Exactly. And then um, I worked at that spa. That was nice. What did you do at the spa? I was guest service representative. So I was at the front desk. So while I was going to school... Um, while I was going to school, I was working there at the same time. And then I graduated from school. And at that point I started, I started at, this was right when the recession hit and I started at a small spa and then I found benefit after that. Okay. And then how did you decide on going to that school and how did you end up in New York? (laughs) So my ex my first ex-fiance Ryan he was from Connecticut and I lived there with him and his mom actually she found the school for me because I was interested in you know going to aesthetic school and she like did all this research and we went and looked at it together and we totally fell in love with it and um, my grandpa helped me my dad helped me with you know the money and then um, yeah that was such a blessing was it one of the, it wasn't like a JC, so it was more of like one of the expensive schools? Um, I think they did take loans. Um, I don't really know. I want to say it was like any other esthetician school, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was wonderful, though. I have nothing but good things to say about that school. Love them forever. And then how did you um, end up at Benefit? So 2008, remember that recession? Yeah. Um, I was working at a spa and I was not getting any hours. And I remember just crying every single day and just like praying like, oh my gosh, I need to work. Like, and what, what so services bad. were you providing? Just like everything? So at that spa, no, I actually, they needed... I wanted to do facials, right? I was like, I love to do facials. I was so excited to do facials. And um, they needed someone to do bikini waxing because the, the, the girl who was there, the girl who's doing facials, she didn't like to do it. So I got stuck doing a whole lot of bikini waxing <laughs> and um, hardly getting any hours and I just wasn't the happiest. I really got so excited when I was allowed to have a facial if the other chick was busy. Um, And then I wound up having coffee with a girlfriend, an old girlfriend, and we're just chit-chatting. And I'm like, I need a job. Like yesterday, she's like, wow, well, you know, another girlfriend we used to work with, she's like, they're hiring. They're really looking for somebody. And so then she reached out to me, we got together, I did an interview with Benefit, and they needed someone like really bad. And this is, you know, a big company. This is the first boutique on the East Coast, Benefit Cosmetics. And I interviewed with the manager and the regional manager at Brugger's Bagels, I'll never forget. We were there for literally five hours for so long. And I was so young. 
I remember, I think I might've been like 18. Wow. Maybe not. Maybe like I would, maybe 20. I don't remember. What was 12 years ago? Who knows? I was a young, I was a young (laughs) girl and we were there forever, ever, ever. And it was, it was literally my angels were with me. It was such a good pay, pay an hour, um, health insurance, guaranteed 40 hours a week. Um, the only thing I was nervous about is not doing facials, which I quickly did not miss. I got so excited after getting in the swing of doing eyebrows and, you know, having fun music on and talking to clients and, and just being like in a fun girl environment. And I wound up being there eight years and becoming top in the company, which is, which is a great memory. And I love them and miss them so much. Uh, Did they teach you like all about brows and all of that? Yes. So you go through a little bit of training. You have someone who obviously has been there. You shadow them. You go through all the things. And, um, but yeah, that's where they, um, what's the word? Specialize in eyebrows. So that's where I learned the tinting and the brow shaping Um, that's where I learned threading. They brought threading on board. We'd also did spray tanning, um, and full body waxing and makeup. Wow. Those are a lot of things. So all you are providing all of those services. So all of those, except for, I would only help with makeup if I had to, like that was the beauty artist, um, you know, job title. So if someone was busy, I would absolutely help out, but yeah, I pretty much just banged out brows and lashes and spray tans all day and Brazilian. Yeah. And then were you getting commission or was it just hourly? So it was hourly plus tip. Okay. mm -hmm. And then what were some like struggles that you had working there? Was there anything you didn't like or? Um, yes. I don't like rules. (laughs) (laughs) Um, of course I, I like to mind rules, but you know, if someone tells like, Hey, you want to go and see my family in Texas? And they say, no, I'll go in the back and cry. Like that, that was really, really hard for me. Just being told like, no, you can't do that. Or like, Hey, it's five forty-five. I know I'm not off till six, but I have no more clients and I've already cleaned. Like, can I go? No. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, it's why not? Like little things like that with, you know, the corporate world. But, um, you know, there's just different personalities that you that you have to deal with. And um, they do make you stronger and, you know, help you with your patience and all of that. I'm grateful for all of it, all that experience. But it's definitely not for me ever again. Um but that was probably my biggest thing, you know, having, having roles and um, what else, you know, working with girls sometimes could be hard. Um, you know, just, I guess, menstrual cycles and bitchiness <laughs> and attitudes and this is my client or that's my sale. Like, it could be tough. Well, did you ever see like how much benefit was making and then look at your hourly rate and we're like kind of compared that or did that never like matter? Yes, yes, Jess. So that is what I feel like 
I don't know, I would try to keep that out of my head, but I will never forget my manager telling me, you did one fourth of the company's business last year. And that company hit over a million dollars. Wow. (laughs) I'm like, what? And so it didn't really sink in in that moment until honestly, I took the chance and went into business for myself and really, you know, saw those numbers. And I'm talking to my girlfriend who actually still works for benefit. And I'm like, go out on your own. She has full book of clientele. And she, you know what she tells me? Same thing. I told myself, you need insurance, you need security, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, but so many amazing things happened. Like whenever I left, like you're just a light bulb goes off in your head almost, you know, but whenever you're in it, you don't really look at it that way. No, it's hard. What did, did, like, was there like a significant moment that made you like, okay, that was it? Or like, did you quit on the spot? Like, what was that like? So whenever I left Benefit, so I was with them in Connecticut and then they told me that a boutique was opening up in Dallas. At this point, I've left my ex and I'm like single living in Stanford, Connecticut. It's like three years, going on three years at this point. And I always um, flew home every three months for a long weekend to keep myself from crying because, you know, I loved seeing my family and coming home. And then I found out that they're opening in Dallas, a boutique. And I was like, I'm going, I want to go. And my regional manager at the time was like, Amber, you're going to take a significant pay cut. You're not going to have weekends off anymore. Um, I, at that point did have weekends off. I was actually the only esthetician in the company to have weekends off. And, um, so a lot of things were going to be different. My life was really going to look different if I left. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to take that 90% pay cut. I just want to be in Texas. I know my heart is there. I want to be closer to my family. Um, and so I moved, I literally packed up and I left and I moved. So I opened up this new boutique, you know, brand new, everything is new. And, um, it was hard as hell, like new team, um, new everything. And it was very different than I thought, you know, I wasn't able to see my family as much as I thought I would, um, cause they're in Houston, obviously. So that's a good four hour drive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the retail world, you're open seven days a week and you don't necessarily have two days off in a row. Um, so that was my case. I didn't get two days off in a row. I couldn't just like drive home when I wanted to or, you know, it looked a lot different and I just wasn't happy. I just, it was really hard to make friends in Dallas. You know, I was ready to like make friends, but you know, I've not talking bad about Dallas, it's like but hoity-toity yeah, is what I've been told. Is that? Yes. Well, if you're not from Dallas, then then you don't belong. That's how I I feel. You know, uh-huh. you just don't. People are you know, like you already have your own friends. Like everyone I worked with was like married. You know, in different places in life, and I was there for probably five months, trying, trying to give it a solid shot, and then. Um, and then I was like, my happy days at benefit are over. And I had to just throw in the towel. What'd you do to say I quit and then gave him like a two week notice? Well, I of course made sure that I had something else lined up. Um, and I also knew I had a credit card, which I've never used credit cards before, but 
I did have two I always kept in my wallet and I called to see how much were on there. And I had plenty, I think like just a whole bunch of money on there. And I was like, okay, that's my cushion, <laughs> you know, cause I spent a whole lot of money like moving and, um, all of that, but that totally just went blank. I'm sorry. That's okay. So you were, did, what job did you have lined up? Oh, so my job that was lined up. So it was, I was literally like the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And I would have a big medical device in the trunk of my car and I would go to doctor's offices and do this device. So that was my friend. Are you friend, serious? Uncle. Yes. I never that ever was... knew this about you. <laughs> I know. Well, it wasn't very long. That was my friend, my best friend's uncle's, well, husband's uncle's business in Houston. So that was my ticket back home. I broke my lease and I totally moved 10 minutes from my mom. And I did that job for a while until I started Browse by Amber with no clientele, zero, <laughs> after being How gone from home for sales? 10 years. I we need to talk about these sales a little bit more because it's so interesting to me. How did that go? <laughs> what do you mean the sales? Like you were the, selling the medical the, device? Yeah. Okay. So pretty much it was a company. I can't even tell you the name right now, um, but it was a big machine and it like... I don't even know what it did. Like it was, um, it like, mm, oh God, melted fat or helped cellulite. And like people do their stomach or their legs or their arms or their face. And it got really, really hot. So basically my boss would tell me where to go. So I'd go to like, you know, the woodlands or here or there different places you know I'd just get in my car and I'd pull out my thing they would have their clients lined up you know mm-hmm. and I would lug this big heavy ass stupid thing I would wear scrubs I'd be so hot from the hot Texas sun <laughs> and <laughs> just like dragging this thing and I just and then you sit there this is like 45 minutes straight and you're moving your arm like and you're rubbing this thing on their belly you're like just moving, moving, and you can't stop moving or else it'll burn them. So you're continually moving. I'm like, (laughs) try not to fall asleep. And these people are like sleeping or we're talking and, oh, it was just not the best um, for me. You know, I just, I needed something more. (laughs) Did you end up selling a lot? Um, honestly, no. It's probably a hard don't thing to think, sell. I don't think um, I did. I tried my very, very best, but it was, um, I mean, I don't know if I'm painting a picture, the right picture for you. Like the doctor pretty much sells the service and then I come in and do it. Oh, uh, okay. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So I, um, when I say that I was like the pursuit of happiness, it's because I have this big ass thing. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. lugging around and I'm like, poor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. So then so. the whole time you're like, okay, I need to get out of this. And then in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I need to start my own thing. Not even that. I just was like, what in the literal hell am I going to do? Like I wanted to do brows again and and do all that kind of thing and then my girlfriend was like hey I'm going to work at this hair salon or like our friend's going to work at this hair salon they're opening up I'm like hmm maybe I'll reach out 
And so I reached out to the owner and she's like, I wasn't thinking of bringing anybody for browse, um, but you can come and look at it. So she gave me a tour and I remember it was like $225 a week for rent or like $250 or something like that. And there's like 10, 15, maybe more hairstylists already signed up. So I'm giving, I'm walking around and she's like, I'm liking her. Her name's Ashley at Heist. And, um, just, I just had like good feelings, of course, so, so scared. And she was open to, open to me, you know, coming in and, um, and I just was so scared. I was like, okay, as long as I make my rent, you know, cause I literally, when I tell you had zero clients, nobody in town knew who I was league city, Texas, Kima, Texas. I've been gone for 10 years, you know? Um, but I have the foot traffic, right? So that was my only hope. I'm like, okay, just get back to step one. Here's your foot traffic. Do some traffic stopping. <laughs> yeah. We learned at benefit. Like we got it go traffic stop, you know, stop people and welcome them in. And I did a whole bunch of free eyebrows, whole bunch of free shapings. And um, before you knew it, people liked it and they liked me and they started coming. And I never just not once ever made less than, I think it was a thousand a week. My goal was, I just, I surpassed my goal and it was it was just insane to me. I still, I wrote it down in my book too. I still have my book and look back at it. And I always wrote with a pink pen because I feel like that brought me good luck. <laughs> like when I wrote with green pen or, or pink pen, um, I always had good days and writing down every single transaction. Yeah. Now we have like square and all that kind of thing. It's all on our phone, but physically writing down like my client's name, um, actually don't do that anymore. And this conversation is making me want to do it again, but writing down the name, writing down the service cost and the, like the total that really brought, that really made me happy, you know? So how did Something you, about doing that when you were getting your clients, did you work a lot with the stylist there and do their brows and like get their, your name out through their clientele as well? Yeah, that's how pretty much how, how I got started there. Um, I would give them, you know, services and they would tell their clients about me. And then that client will tell her sister, her cousin or whatever. And then I started an Instagram page and then, you know, people will find me on like the mom blogs on Facebook and stuff like that. And then, yeah. I and was you were just doing brows? So I was doing waxing, threading, tinting. And then body waxing and makeup. Okay. And then eventually I did microblading. I and got certified microblading like a year later or so. And then how was that education? Where did you go for that? So that was in Houston. And um, I don't really recommend that educational course. Um, but I think that advanced education is always like where it's at. I mean, you go, you start somewhere and just what you do on your own is what really, really matters. Like you get the basics. I'm really grateful for them and their basics, but I do think there are better ones out there. This was Brow Design International. And um, I wound up, it was like a three-day course, four-day course. And um, 
yeah, it, still to this day, one of the hardest things I've, I've ever done. Yeah. Well, I think the audience might not know, like me and you are pretty good friends. We spray tan party once a week, like probably my best friend in Austin for sure. So mm-hmm. I just want to have people understand that because you've vented to me a lot how you don't think you're good and you are very good at it. And I think that's an interesting concept because I feel like a lot of service providers are really hard on themselves. I struggle with that too. I suck at spray tanning or, you know, you think that you're bad at microblading, but you've never had a bad review. (laughs) You know, it's like, why do you think that is? Where does that come from? You know what? The only thing I can think about when you're saying that right now is um, I've told you my cousin, Lana, she passed away a couple years ago and just absolutely adore her. And I will never forget these words she said to me. And she said, Amber, you know how I know you're good? Because I would tell her, Lana, she was actually a tattooer. She tattooed people's bodies. She was amazing, an amazing artist. But so I would vent to her, like, I just don't think I'm good. I don't think I'm good enough. And she's like, Amber, you know how I know that you're good? Because you don't think you're good. (laughs) She was the best. She was like one of the best humans in the world. And she said that to me. And it just, it made sense. Like, first of all, like being humble you know what, like whenever I feel like capped out, when I just feel like, okay, I'm so busy. At heist, I felt like this. Like I was so busy. I wasn't growing. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just, you just get to a place where like, if you're not growing, you're just complacent. And, and that's not a place to be. So um, it's kind of a blessing to have those to have those feelings, I think, because then you can work them out and learn here, read there, take a course here. And, um, you know, yeah, I don't that's know, true. get a little better. So I think the people who think they're amazing are usually the ones you don't want to be around or aren't really good. <laughs> totally. And that is not, <laughs> that's not definitely not where you want to be. No. And then you said you were outgrowing a heist. Like what was going on there? Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure. I do feel like I was, I came to a point, I remember saying to my mom, I don't, what am I going to do eyebrows forever? Like, I can't just do eyebrows forever. I just felt like I wasn't growing, I think, anymore. Um, You know, I would do this, you know, every four weeks, I would see my same clients and but also I was in a long distance relationship and kind of just like in limbo there, um, you know, didn't really have, wasn't really planted in the ground. So I don't know if it was like my personal life or just my work life. Um, but I think we all come to those points in our career where you're just like, maybe I'll be a realtor instead. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'll be like, you know, a life coach, just like a, you know, those shower ideas. And I do, I do feel like whenever I hit the success part, when I was at high, like I was like at the, in a really good, happy place. I just hit a wall and I was just like, I'm here now. What, you know, it's almost like Mm -hmm. winning the lottery. It's never going to be enough money or like, I've got 10,000 followers on Instagram. That's still not enough. I'm not happy anymore. Yeah, I was happy at that moment. But now what? Hit me with more, you know? And I feel like staying humble 
it's funny we were talking about this before because I feel like that is the secret just staying humble not letting like your ego get the best of you and just letting your mind kind of take the wheel and yeah and just like gratitude and all these hard times I feel like has really just made me so grateful you know it hasn't been the easiest in Austin for me um these past you know, three years with work and personal, but, you know, especially with work. What? So you left, so you were like, okay, I'm going to leave Heist. Um, So when I left Heist, I moved here to be with, um, to be with my guy. Mm, Um, You know, my now second ex-fiance. So, so you just were like, I'm going to leave all those clients. Like I'm done. That's it. Just stopped and then left. Exactly. So I am, I guess I'm like a hopeless romantic, but I was like, money doesn't matter. I love you. We're going to be together. It's time. We were doing two and a half um, years long distance. And we just, we had a plan. Like when my lease is up, I'll come there and we'll figure it out. And that's exactly what I did. What was it like leaving your clientele? Was that like a super hard decision or was it easy because you knew you were leaving it for love? Well, you know, they were all so happy for me. Like they've been through, you know, my journey, my long distance relationship journey and have just loved me and supported me. And oh gosh, there were definitely tears, but I had to say goodbye to a whole, you know, all my Connecticut clientele. That's true. Um, as well. So I had to do that twice. And there was so many tears. And um, it's just, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was very hard. And to this day, I think about so many of them and hear from so many of them. And oh, yeah, it was not easy. I have definitely a big soft spot when I think about them. And I feel like I've abandoned them. <laughs> but <laughs> they, little children. Yeah, they they um they just want me to be happy too though you know you have a relationship but life the only thing that stays the same is everything changes you know yeah definitely and you just move on and you got to do you and they understood that so you left and we're just like I'm gonna just restart in Austin (sighs) yeah I just I had no idea I was like you know what maybe I'll work for the man again you know, get a W-2 and have a nine to five or whatever, like normal schedule and actually have some, you know, rules. And that's what I did. I worked for, it's called Janet St. Paul Studio for Hair and Beauty. If anybody knows, I did not move back to Houston, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was, that was probably a three month shot. And I quickly realized, you know, working for the man was not for me. Um, But I did try it. I really did try it. And, um, but through there, I found where I am now roar. Um, So basically a booth rental place browse by Amber within roar. So did you start renting there before you had a clientele as well? Yes. Wow. That's like one of my biggest fears. We can get into, you know, the situation behind that. But like, that is so Mm -hmm. hard. Because like, that's why I love spray tanning, because it's such a safe way to start a business because I start out doing mm. mobiles. There's like really no risk besides obviously I need to make money and pay my bills, but like I don't have overhead. So to take that leap over and over again has takes a lot of courage. 
I know I wouldn't call it smart. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely wouldn't. But, you know, I always have my cushion. Thank you, Dave Ramsey. So, you know, (laughs) God forbid, just like anything happens. I mean, just, I mean, I just, it felt right. You know, it just did. Everything lined up. Um, you How know, did when you I find called, Aurora? So I found him through like where I worked at, um, Janet St. Paul. I was like, oh, where's the place where like I can rent from? Like one of the girls there were like, Roar, but you don't want to work there. It's really expensive. And I was like, they're like, Rory's great, but it's just expensive because like you're downtown and rent's high. I'm like, huh. So I reached out, I sent my resume, um, I didn't hear back. So what I always did was, this is a good tip. I would um, book a blowout with the owner and then bring my resume with me. Mm, That is a good idea. With perfume. Sprayed with perfumed, of course. You're like legally blonde. That's what she did. I know. (laughs) And you're pink thin. Yeah. And dressed to impress. Um, So I tried to book a blowout with the owner and the receptionist, Vern was the receptionist. My friend at the time, she was like, um, he only does color. I'm like, no one's coloring my hair. <laughs> um, I was like, well, I'm screwed. You know, this, this isn't going to happen. I was like, she was like, but you can leave your resume here and I'll let him know you came by. I'm like, yeah, I'll never hear from you again. And I left. Mm-hmm. I went to the pet store. I'll never forget. I was giving Mia her first bath. So I got some shampoo for her, some pet shampoo. And my phone rang. It's like 10 minutes later. No time. And it's Rory. He's like, hi. I'm like, hi. And he's like, I feel like the universe sent you to me. I will never forget his words. And I was in the middle of the pet store. He was like, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Our brow girl is leaving indefinitely. And, um, and let's meet. So that very afternoon, we got together. Um, we both had like carrot juice because he was on a cleanse. So I was starving. I'm like <laughs> fucking drinking carrot juice. <laughs> I was so hungry. And um, anyway, it was a good talk. And I just, I just felt good. He was, he was wonderful. And, um, and um, yeah, I just. So they had, a, they had a brow girl in there before you. Yes. And that's why also I waited, literally saw the place. It was like, this place is so cute. And I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. I wanted to be like, you know, didn't, I wanted to be like the only brow girl because, you know, I didn't want to come on in on somebody. So I, I waited, I waited like a couple months and then I was like, screw it. And I'm so glad that I did. Even if it was like three months later, two months later, and I'm like, screw it. They have a brow girl. They could tell me no. Mm-hmm. And she was leaving. She was leaving forever. So my hope was I would take some of her clientele. She was supposed to move like far away. But um, I wound, that was my hope actually to get her clientele. But like last minute something happened and she decided to not move far away. And so I didn't get any of her clientele. So I had to really hustle and bustle and there were a lot of tears and sweat um and struggle how did you get your clients there what was your strategy with that um you know I would kind of go around the salon which I hated doing and I would hand out like free brow cards to the clients 
I would just like introduce myself to them. Um, you know, like I'm Amber, like I'm the brow expert here, just kind of like, you know, I didn't want to be pushy or make anyone uncomfortable. I just wanted to like, let them know, know I was there. And um, I just made a whole bunch of free brow cards from Vista Print and gave a lot of free stuff away. And um, before you know it, it just kept building and building. Like I would have clients and they loved it. They would tell their friends, their family. Um, and that's how it really happened. And then on Google, once I started putting myself on like the internet, I, I'll still ask like my clients, how did you hear about me? Oh, just Googled it or style seat. Um, and I saw your reviews and they're great. So I'm so, so grateful for, for the reviews that I have. How many reviews do you have now? I have a lot, like on style seat, there's a whole, whole bunch. Um, and that's why I love that platform because it automatically will send to your clients, like leave a rating and they can do it right from their phones. I think there's like 800 something, maybe close to 900. That's amazing. Star. That's a, like, I think I have like one, four star, one, three star, but I tell myself those are accidents. No, they <laughs> are. That is impressive. And that needs to be like all over your social media, like 900 plus five star reviews. Like that's amazing. Oh, I oh, thank you so much. I know I mean, I'll get better at it. You're gonna with a little help from my friends. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you going. <laughs> and you didn't really push like Instagram or um, what's your relationship with like social media and building your business? Well, you know me, I'm pretty private. And I don't really like I honestly just taught myself a couple years ago to detach from my phone and I've never looked back and I love my life that way. So I pretty much do what I can when I can. Um, you know, I'm not really savvy with the kind of this kind of stuff. Um, I know how to do like a story. I know how to do things here and there, but. I just don't know if I'll ever like want to take the time to be super markety on my Instagram. Well, you know, what's interesting is I admire a lot about you is because I find Instagram the easy way to get clientele and you find it, you know, I guess you would consider it the old school way of getting clientele, but I admire your way because you have built a stronger clientele than I feel like you would through social media. Social media probably takes longer, too, because you're actually in someone's face, getting them to see you and get to know you. And I'm sure that's, you know, why you got a lot of clients, too, because they like you instantly, where versus I'm just sending an Instagram DM where it's very unpersonable. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've got many Instagram DM messages like, oh, I'll, I'll book or asking me all these questions. And then they're like, oh, I'll book with you soon. I'm like, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like on. No, exactly. It's just, I don't know. I have a, I have a different feeling. I think um, about social media and Instagram. Yeah, you know that. It'd be cool to see if we did like vamp up your Instagram and see what kind of feedback you got or business you got from it, since you haven't really pushed that hard through that, Mm -hmm. and to see like what could come from that because you've done it basically the old school way this whole time, whereas a lot of people who would start a business now 
would just go, I'm just going to go on Instagram and reach out to influencers or follow mm-hmm. sorority girls or whatever it may be. Oh, I did actually do that. What'd you do? I did. I thought that was actually, I feel like that was a very genius thing of me. Um, this was a, a long time ago when I was building my clientele. I, I found, I did like hashtag Austin bloggers. Mm-hmm. And I messaged all of all these different bloggers and I welcomed them in for a complimentary brow tint and shape. That is definitely one thing that I did do. How did that go? It went good. I think I got, I got a handful of, of girl, really nice girls wanting to come in and they did come in. Um, and then a lot didn't even respond at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I'm glad that I did that. Did you feel like you got clients from it? Um, let me see. Mm. No. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't think so, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard to measure when you work with influencers because someone can see your post or their post, mm-hmm. and then three months later, like, oh, my gosh, I need to get my brows done. And then they finally come to you. So it's kind of hard to measure as well, I found. Well, I take that back. I do. I did get I, I did get some, but honestly, not not a lot. Yeah. And yeah, not a lot. And then so you're at Roar. You're still at Roar, right? Yes. Still and... at Roar. How is that going? Are you still building your clientele and your? Yeah, I think I'm forever building my clientele. There's always room for, for more, you know, there's always room to help the next one who needs, you know, some brow help or, or whatever, but I am pretty busy surprisingly since the pandemic, especially. Um, How does, how did COVID affect you? So we were closed for almost two months and um, we were closed for almost two months and I just, you mean like my personal life? Like what did I do during COVID? No, like how it affected your business. Like was that a big struggle for you? Like having no income out of nowhere and not being able to provide a service and run your business? Well, it was definitely scary. Um, because at that point, my whole life changed in other ways, too, as you know, personally, and um, in the world as well. So I had to move, um, went through a breakup, and I, um, I, had a, I had a cushion, by the grace of God, so I never worried about money. Um, so I had my wedding fund, and I had a house savings fund, and I put it together and made it my COVID fund. <laughs> And, um, I was, I've always been optimistic. Like it's in my star sign. It's just how, like, I like to live my life. You know, my mom always said like, you live in a dream world. Um, I'm very realistic as well, but like, I feel like being optimistic is way better for your soul and, um, and for, you know, your life. So anyway, I was very optimistic. I had my cushion. I wasn't worried. Um, you know, a little anxious to get back to work, got back to work and just decided this is like your focus. You're here, you're working, be safe, be healthy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I was busy. I, 
I was busy. We started back work in May, the Monday after Mother's Day. And, um, and for the most part, I've definitely been pretty busy. And it's such a blessing. Just whenever things happen, like a recession happens, right? Like the sell of lipstick goes up and like services, like eyebrows, for some reason, it's a small indulgence. And when bad things are happening in the world, actually like people like us in the service industry get a little bit busier because it's a small indulgence. It makes you feel better. Um, so I feel so lucky to be in this industry. And also right now it's all you see is your eyes and brows with the masks on. That's so true. I haven't thought about that until you brought that up. Yeah. And nobody's wearing makeup these days. So when you tint your lashes, like your, you know, your eyes pop or your brows, like you just wake up, wash your face and go. Um, so I think that's partly why. And a lot of new clients I'm getting. And I also haven't seen a lot of clients. Um, they have, they've been like super duper careful, but then you have this whole other bunch of clients who are finding me online because, you know, their girl isn't back from being home with their kids, you know, or they stopped doing, you know, stopped working because they have to stay home or whatever the case may be. I'm getting a bunch of new clients as well. Yeah. It's such an interesting turn of events. It's, Mm-hmm. like everyone across the board is just all over the place <laughs> no one's the same and some people are coming in some people are staying home some people want you to wear like I had a spray tan a client but wear an N95 mask and you know it's just it's all, <laughs> and then the majority of my clients aren't even wearing a mask when I go and spray tan them I mean it's their preference mm-hmm. I'm wearing one mm-hmm. but it just mm-hmm. everyone's all over the place it's really personal you know this thing is very personal I think yeah. So what are some current struggles that you're having now with your business? Is there anything? I think that I would like to definitely be better about, um, about like putting myself out there on social media, you know, like getting out of my ways, like, you know, cause there's more than one reason why I don't want to be on social media. Like I want, I don't want, people's faces to be in their phone all day so I don't want to like be another thing for them to look at it's like you know it could be addictive yeah you know what I'm saying so like I don't want to be a part of that (laughs) that's like one reason like you know put your phone down and spend time with whatever is in front of you like I'm a big believer in that um but I think like being more savvy on my website you know the technical things like that kind of stuff yeah um, I think that I want to be able to grow and be better at. Um, what else? What else? Um, I have my brow product line coming out, which I'm excited about. Yeah. How was the process of that? How So you started your own entire brow product line? Yes. So it's just four products. I feel like it's all the essentials. Um. Precision brow pencil, double-sided, your kind of like um, a brow balm and a highlighter and then a, I'm just like drawing a blank. What is the fiber? The fluff, the fluff. Yeah, the fiber, (laughs) the fluff stuff. (laughs) Your brow tint with fibers. So, um, 
um, yeah, that'll come out in November. And I've actually, I've, you know, this, I've been holding on to it for a very long time and just not till recently have I wanted to launch it. I've just been so scared. Yeah. Well, it's like when we've had this, we had a ton of conversations about this, but we could bring some of it to the podcast where it's just like, you know, when you really think about what the risk is and really write down the numbers and write down the potential and mm-hmm. you're, you know, when you remind yourself, your clients are already buying these things, like a hundred percent they are. So like, why aren't they buying yeah. it from you? And it kind of yeah. helps with that risk. It's like, okay, I can do this. I'm in front of their face. They trust me. They're going to buy, pro- they're buying a service from me. They're going to buy a product from you. Totally. I know. And I'm here. I am like, they're like, write down everything I need to buy. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, Anastasia and this and that. I'm like, for years I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Well, it's easy, you know, like that's the easy, it's harder to go get your products and take the pictures and upload them to your website and all the processes, you know, can be overwhelming. But once mm-hmm. you start doing it and then you're just reordering and everything else is already done and then just shipping out orders or selling them in store, mm-hmm. it's a lot more manageable. Yeah. And just like with anything new, it's just like a whole new, it is a whole new business to be honest. Cause I started selling my moose during COVID and it's a whole, mm-hmm. it's its own revenue stream and it's its own little business that requires shipping and marketing and, a photo shoot. There were so many things that went behind it, but mm-hmm. now it's kind of on autopilot where I post about it a little bit here and there, send emails, whatever, but, um, you have to nurture it as well. Yeah. And I think whenever you get a spot, you know, it'll be, you know, you put it on the shelf mm-hmm. and they'll, you know, they'll come off the shelf a little easier oh than my just gosh, being yeah. like in a website. Oh, for sure. I remember in California, when I had my salon, I was selling product to one out of two clients. Like that was the ratio. Because it was so easy. Wow. It's like, what are you doing to maintain your spray tan? Yeah, literally those things. Oh, I don't know. Well, there's a body wash, there's a lotion. And uh-huh. now the, I have the tanning mousse. It's just like, what are you, what else are you going to be doing? And it's just an instant buy. Mm-hmm. So when you say that one thing, they're like, Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, so it's like okay, well, you need you need to get that. You're like, let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. You. So, and you know, you have good price points, and it's right there in front of their face. Like, if you don't get this, then you need to stop at Target on your way home, and you know, get this, this, and this, or else your spray tan is not going to last as long. So yeah. it saves them a trip, and they're like, okay, whatever, just give it to me now. Yeah, they need it. You just have to say you need it. Yeah, it's like okay, you know. <laughs> Like, do you? How are you going to recreate these brows when you get home or tomorrow when you redo your makeup? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and like, okay, well, you need this, this, and this. <laughs> right. Such an easy sale. Yeah, and then just doing it. Yeah. What? So it's launching in November. Um, are mm-hmm. you going to be shipping it out and selling it in the salon or? So right now, just through my website and then come probably the beginning of the year I'll be selling it in store that's exciting yeah and then is there anything else that you're working on or like where do you see yourself in five years those type of questions man I normally don't like past 
tomorrow. Um, I guess in five years I will be. Oh no, I'll be thirty nine. <laughs> in five years, I'll be thirty nine. Age is just well, a number. Oh geez, I can't imagine that. Okay, hopefully I will be. I will be a business owner of something much bigger than than where I am now. Hopefully I'll be, um, I want to be a leader of some kind. Hopefully have a kid or two and a loving husband and a house. I'm telling you all my 39-year-old dreams. I feel like those aren't dreams. I feel like that's really going to happen. So I could totally see that. Yeah, a hundred million percent. I hope so. That sounds really nice. Yeah. I got the, well, you can always borrow Jonathan and Braxton in the meantime. (laughs) 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 They're yours. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Thank you, Jess. Yes, of course. That's a good friend. I know. Lucky you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's exciting. And I feel like there's so many great things ahead and Hopefully once COVID fully gets behind us and I'm just so ready for next year and what next year has to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's only can go up from here. Only can yeah. get better. And then I just wanted to touch a little bit on like, I know your spiritual side is a big thing to you and like how that helps you through struggles that you go through maybe some good books that you read that help you just keep this positive mindset that you have? Yeah. um, Well, I feel like doing something like a little bit for yourself every single day, you know, it, it just matters. You know, I've just seen it in my own life. Um, You know, reading a little devotional, I, I read a devotional and I read a little like, poem book every single morning and um I you know whatever anyone believes in I I pray and I believe in God and I read a book it's called Jesus Calling and um that really helps me just like get grounded and and be with myself and be in the quiet you know being still and being in the quiet like that that makes me who I am in the outside world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it makes me just, I don't know, being still and being and reading and learning and, and growing that makes you, I don't know what I'm trying to say right now. But <laughs> um, So some books that have helped me, um, a whole lot recently during COVID, I read The Power of Now. That's a spiritual book. Um, the Untethered Soul. Um, what else am I reading? I'm about to read the book called Habits because I'm really trying to break some habits um, and create new ones. But yeah, I feel like that's been the secret to like success is like, you know, being alone with yourself. Yeah. And, you know, definitely, growing, like, spiritually. You've definitely helped me in that direction of like what books to read or, you know, staying in tune with some kind of spiritual side. And that's not a religious thing, just 
whether you believe in mm-hmm. you or, you know, right. like you said, God, it doesn't really matter. Just being even spiritual with yourself and putting yourself first, I think is some kind of spirituality as well. Totally. And self-love like that is, you know, you're giving love to your spiritual side and making yourself feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I feel like that's it. I hope you loved today's episode. Um, I have a new episode every Sunday. I interview small business owners. If you have someone you want to nominate who's just a badass, who has a great story, whatever it may be, DM at Don't Call Me Girl Boss and let me know why I should interview them. Also, if you loved this podcast, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. That's the only way to really support the podcast. And I just really appreciate every single one of you listening. And I hope you enjoyed it and became a better version of yourself and really gained some tips, some tricks, just anything from this podcast. Um, I'll see you next week.